Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Stephanie Jameson. She is an intuitive coach, a spiritual badass, a psychic <laughs> medium, and an author based in Orange County. How are you doing today, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on. It is my pleasure and honor. So let's jump right in, Stephanie. As I mentioned, you're an intuitive coach. You're a psychic medium. You're a spiritual badass. You are also a Reiki master and a two-time author. How long have you been an intuitive coach? So I've been doing this for, well, I would, I would like to say I've been doing it my whole life, but professionally and getting paid for it um, for about the last three, three and a half years. Okay. So what is and what does an intuitive coach do? So I encourage people to honor their intuition, choose love over fear and trust in what it is that they feel versus what it is that their head is consistently telling them is the quote unquote right thing to do all the time. Okay. That, that self-limiting and internal noise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm the the person in the room who's always telling people, you know what, before you make that decision, why don't you sit with that that little girl or that little boy inside yourself and make sure that you're being true to them first, right. um, putting their needs first, uh, and then make the decision. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What inspires you or lights you up the most about being an intuitive coach? I love helping people. You know, when I first started divine soul journey, I've told people this over, over the years, I was very reluctant to start it because quote unquote, it wasn't logical you know, and I always compare my story to Kevin Costner's, you know, if you build it, they will come, Yeah. you know, field of dreams. And I told the universe, I said, you know, show me miracles, you know, if you really want me to do this. And the way that I have been getting my miracles is by seeing the consciousness shifts take place with my clients. And when I see somebody who I start working with, who, you know, just shifts in consciousness over the course of even just a 45 minute session, or if they choose to do coaching with me or take one of my online courses, you know, the, the consciousness shift that happens there and seeing them move from a place of fear-based thinking and living to love-based thinking is what really lights me up. The change. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there are so many people that are debilitated and crippled by fear and let that rule their lives and prevent them from doing the things that they were meant to do in life. And I just, I think it's a horrible way to live that. And there's millions upon millions of people who live that way and never end up shifting right. out right. of that. How well, sad is that? Right. Well, I mean, we've all done it. Yeah. Every, every one of us has done yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And, and 
the reason that I'm teaching what I'm teaching and doing what I'm doing is because I, you know, I let logic get in the way of what my heart was saying for a long time too. Yeah. And, you know, we've all been guilty of that. And I feel like it comes from the conditioned beliefs that were raised, you know, society's beliefs, all that stuff. We're so conditioned to look outside of ourselves for the answers when if we just allowed ourselves to just kind of tune in a little bit and calm down and choose love over fear, you know, that's when the clarity starts to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you're also a psychic medium. How yeah. old were you when you discovered you had the gift of being a psychic medium? Oh, you know, I was looking over your questions earlier and I was like, wow, how old was I? And my earliest memory was about age nine was when I started to notice that I was just a little bit different. But by the time I was about 12 years old, that's when I knew shit was, was way different. <laughs> shit was real. And I remember being home alone a lot. You know, at that age, you walk home from school, yeah. and hanging out by yourself until your parents get home. Yeah, I remember knowing that I was not alone in the house and it kind of freaked me out. But I also, you know, by the time I was 12, 13, just got really comfortable with it. I started telling, you know, my dad, like, hey, you know, I I have these really weird dreams and I I swear I could pick up on the fact that people are around me. And, you know, he listened to me a little bit, but I, I really did keep it to myself for a long time. That's, that's a great segue into my next question is how did you bring this up or discuss this with your parents or friends, or was this even really a discussion with anybody? Yeah, it was, you know, I always, I always give my dad the credit because my dad was probably one of the first ones who actually sat down and listened to me and didn't, didn't dismiss what I felt. You know, he didn't, you could tell he didn't quite love what he was hearing, (laughs) but he also was very accepting of it. And he talked to me about his own gifts and, you know, that kind of stuff that ran in the family, which later on I found out I was not raised by my mother. When I was reunited with my mom later on, I found out that it actually ran on her side of the family as well. And so what I did when I was younger was I would talk to my dad about the dreams that I would have and people, people who had passed would come through in my dreams and I would just know things. And I would say, you know, I have these, these really weird dreams and this is the way that I feel. And he would just listen, you know, not much. Uh There was no advice that was given or anything like that, but he would just listen. I did not tell my stepmother who also played a role in my uh, upbringing because she was heavily, heavily conditioned Catholic. And that was just, that was just a no go. Yeah. And so I did suppress a lot of it. I talked to more of my friends about it than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that I've had a few women that have these gifts or similar gifts. And there seems to be a very common thread among all of you. And that is that, first of all, you, you all realize it at quite a young age. Secondly, that you're, it, it runs in the families. It There's does. someone else down the lineage that has similar gifts or the same gifts. 110%, you know, and what was interesting was my story is a little different. Like I said, I was not raised by my mother. My mother right. actually left me with my dad and Unfortunately, my dad was not the healthiest of individual. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of left on my own to navigate this experience. And what's so funny is by the time I turned, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, and I was really having these profound experiences. And I reconnected with my mom after sitting down and talking with her. She's like, you know, this runs on both sides of the family. You have aunts who have had this gift. You have cousins who have this gift. And I was like, this would have been nice to have known when I was (laughs) nine years old, man. But what's so funny about that, Brad, is that I feel like that was my journey. I had to understand. I had to figure it out on my own so that I could learn how to trust in my gifts so that when I came into alignment later on with what it was that I'm supposed to be doing, I wouldn't doubt. Yeah. 
So was this an internal struggle at first to come to grips with and understand and realize the gifts you had? No. You know, when I was a kid, I just accepted it. You know, it wasn't until I got older, really, that all of a sudden it was like, well, am I wrong? You know, like when I, when I got into my teen years and I was kind of taught that, you know, you don't listen to your intuition, you you know, it's whatever's most logical. That's when I kind of started thinking like, maybe something was wrong with me. You know, I had a very, very logical stepmother who specifically lived in her head all the time. And with that being the only woman that I really knew, I was kind of like, well, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe there's something messed up here. So that's when it kind of became more of a struggle. And then as I grew even older, got into my early twenties, the other people around me and I I ended up getting married, everybody was that way as well. And so I just learned to kind of hush it. So as I got older, I I struggled with it more than when I was a kid. How hard was that to suppress all that though? I mean, that's, that's part of who you are. That's in your DNA. That's like, that must've been incredibly tough. Oh, it was very tough. It was very tough. I mean, um, I ended up going through my own awakening when I turned 33, which tends to be around the age that a lot of people do go through a pretty strong awakening. And I started kind of remembering, you know, who I was and what I was here to do. And it was very tough because I had, like I said, everyone around me was telling me that the way that I thought was wrong right? and the way that I was, you know, speaking was just, that's just not how it was. And, you know, that was around 2016 or so. And then, you know, that was the time that influencers were being born. And I started realizing that, oh, you're different for a reason. Right. So when did you really embrace your gift and start to use it to help people? 33. 33? 2016. And what led to that moment or that decision to use your gifts to help others? A huge ass awakening. (laughs) It was a huge smack in the face. The universe called me on my shit. I uh-huh. went through my own Saturn return and I under, I started realizing that I was choosing fear over love. I was doing what was most logical. I was beating my head against a brick wall, you know, trying to stay in a situation that wasn't serving me. I, you know, suppressed my gifts for so long. I, I knew from the time I was, like I said, nine years old, I was here to help people. Yeah. You know, I surrounded myself by old people when I was a kid. I never hung out with kids my own age. It was right. really there. You know, I could sit and talk to my grandmother for hours about things. I went through a huge awakening and I, like I said, I went through my dark night of the soul experience. Uh I spent a lot of time alone. I went through a very painful divorce. The people who I loved very much, who I never thought in a million years would be dishonest with me, I discovered they were. And that was a huge vital lesson for me to trust my intuition Wow. It was a smack in the face. It was like the universe was basically like, if you're not going to listen, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? Yes. Because, I mean, the the universe starts out whispering, right? And then it gets louder. And then until it gets to the point where you get smashed in the head with a two by four, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly what it was. And I'm I'm a Gemini. Uh And Geminis are very logical, analytical. We do the most logical things. And we are known for, at times, detaching from our emotions as a safety thing. And I'm a Gemini Pisces Cancer. So I have all this emotion going on inside of me. (laughs) And so I was guided to feel. And the more I sat with my emotions and the more I sat with what I already knew to be true, the louder that awakening became. And I I distanced myself from the situation I was in and I sat and I spent time alone, which so many people are scared to do. Yes. And I spent 
people don't like their own company. It's, it's mind boggling to me. Right. And it's because clarity comes. And when the clarity comes, you know what you have to do. And that's when the ego can go, but shit, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Right. And so I did that. I, I spent time alone and I went through a separation. And then the longer I was in that separation, the more I realized what it was that I came here to do. And it was very hard for me because I loved my ex-husband very much. And I still have lots of love for him. Hmm. You know, he taught me a lot. And the more I realized that I needed to align with something, it just, it just became very loud. It just became very loud. And yeah, that's, that was when divine soul journey was, was birthed. Amazing. Mm -hmm. What is one common myth about your profession that you would like to debunk? (laughs) That I can read people's minds. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, it's so funny how that, how people get about that kind of stuff. You know, Hollywood plays its role in that. Yeah. Can I read your energy a hundred percent? You know, can, do I, can I feel when something's off? Yeah. But knowing in this moment, the exact thing you're thinking, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It, it It is a really annoying thing. You know, it's funny. It's funny. People just get so weird about it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I feel like it's because people are so detached from their own intuitive abilities right. because they refuse to feel. So they just have all this, there's just weird stigma around it. You heard it here first, folks. You cannot, <laughs> psychics cannot, and intuitives cannot read your thoughts. <laughs> there we go. Stephanie has just debunked that myth. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Not like that. But do you believe that everyone has the ability within them to communicate with the other side and be a psychic medium or intuition expert? And it's just a matter of whether or not the individual can act, actually taps into that ability. Okay. So I believe that everybody on this planet is psychic. There is not really? a single person. I do 110%. Okay. And I feel like it's a part of what I came here to teach. Okay. Now, the more you choose love over fear, the stronger your psychic abilities become. Okay. Do I believe that everyone is a medium? No. Okay. That comes with its own. It's, an, it's a completely different thing. You will know very early on. Do I believe that you have the ability to talk with your guides? 100%. 100%. They will give you signs and synchronicities and feelings and spirit connects with you through all kinds of things. And everybody on this planet is awakening right now. There's not yeah. a single person that's not going through their own awakening. With intuition, the way that it works is the more you trust in what you feel, spirit does whatever they can to get you to feel, the stronger your intuitive abilities become. The more you have faith, the more you you know allow logic to play less of a role in your life, to dominate your life. And the more you you choose. And when I say love over fear, I mean the emotions, hope, faith, gratitude, joy, optimism, empowerment over worry, anxiety, and doubt. Mm. Love and fear don't live in the same place. They don't vibrate in the same place. So, you know, you're a, you're a heaven sent instrument. Our bodies are the receivers. And if you're not tuned into the right frequency, spirit can't get through. Right. Right. And so when, when you sit with yourself and you are mm-hmm. vibrating in that, in that space, you're going to get intuitive hits off the chain. Now, whether or not you choose to take action on those divinely inspired ideas or honor what your heart is saying to you is another story. Right. You could ignore them like you did until you get like hit I with did. a two by four. Yeah. Don't do that, people. <laughs> don't do that. 
it doesn't work, you know, and I guarantee you somebody who's listening to this is going to go, that's me. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. How on earth do you teach people this though? Like I, I, I can't even wrap my head around how you teach something. Like <laughs> well, I've taken my story and I've turned it into courses. A lot of times the people who work with me, I do one-on-one coaching and I'm slowly integrating over to online courses because I've become so busy yeah. that it's, you know, extending myself has gotten a little bit more challenging over right. the last year. So my story is my purpose. And that's one of the affirmations from my my recent book. You know, I teach women how to, and men how to, to heal themselves, to not right. choose codependency, you know, to honor that inner voice. I have lots of exercises that I do. We go through deep healing. Spirit helps me through individual sessions, you know, as an intuitive empath psychic medium, I have a little glimpse of situations that people have gone through. And and like I said, we work with that little girl, that little boy that's inside of them. And, you know, the, se- the sessions are profound, whether you work with me during just a reading right. or during one-on-one coaching, it's very interesting the way that spirit gets through the messages. I'm going to hazard a guess here and say that more of your clients are female. You know, you'd be surprised. Really? You'd be surprised. I have a lot of men who reach out to me, a lot of men. And I've even, <laughs> I have one man who I love to reference. He's so funny. He says, God, girl, he says, you get me to feel. I don't know if I like, I don't know if I like this is what he said. I don't know if I like this. So and, uh, are, are, are males or females, is, is one more receptive over the other or open to receive easier or better? Oh, 100%. You know, the divine feminine, which I, you and I have had a previous discussion, you know, women are, are just waking up across the board and they're here to help men and women get more in tune with their heart. And the feminine energy is, is just soaring on the planet right now. And so, yeah, but you know, what's interesting is that the men who do come to me when they are ready to work with me, uh, which I have a lot of husbands and a lot of boyfriends who, you know, the women work with me first and then they go, I would love for you to work with my husband. And I do. They're ready to receive at that point. Right. They are. They're very uh, opened at that time. At the wife's coaxing. (laughs) The wife's coaxing or the girlfriend's or, you know, um, a, a son comes to me because his mother or his brother you know, or whatever has said, Hey, you know, I worked with you and this is what's going on. And mm -hmm. very interesting. Mm -hmm. Now you're also a Reiki master. How, if at all, do you incorporate or couple these skill sets along with being a psychic medium and intuition expert into your business to help your clients? So I learned Reiki from a beautiful healer in Boise. I had the opportunity to work with amazing woman up there. And what I learned early on Reiki has provided me is how to navigate energy. And so if I have somebody who's come to me who has got, you know, self-esteem issues or hard time trusting their intuition or whatever, I'll actually feel it the way that I would if somebody is on the table. I'll be able to, you know, identify, you know, a, a solar plexus that's not very active or a third eye that seems to be a little stagnant. And so Reiki, you know, I don't do Reiki all the time. It's not a part of who I am anymore, but it was the gateway. That's how I, that's how how, that helped me learn how to navigate energy. Right. Okay. Now I read that you are committed to helping adults connect with spirit as well as offer guidance that can help heal inner child wounding karmic patterns and conditioned beliefs that keep them from living in alignment with the abundance they're truly worthy of. Why is this so personally important to you? 
because it's my story. And the more I look at people around me, we all have these patterns, these generational curses or patterns, you know, within the family, you know, where people are consistently living out of alignment with what their heart wants and what their heart has been telling them so loudly to do, you know, because they're pleasing mom or they're pleasing dad or they're, you know, nobody in the family has ever done that. I don't want to be the black sheep of the family, you know, and, and karmic patterns are anything that you struggle with as a soul from the time that you were a kid through now, what has been your pattern? And that's something that you as a soul have come here to learn. This place is nothing but a big school. And the more you look at, at this place as a school, the easier it becomes. And so you want to ask yourself, what's my pattern? You know, for me, it was not trusting my inner voice and looking outside of myself for validation all the time. That was my pattern. And so wow. now I'm teaching people how to not do that. Awesome. As mentioned previously, you're also a two-time author. Can you tell us a bit about the two books you've written and where can people find and purchase them? Oh, sure. So my first book was the Happy Empaths Workbook. It came out about two and a half years ago. And this is a really cool little tool for people who are very sensitive. And you know, I attract a lot of fellow healers. I attract a lot of fellow intuitive souls and people who don't trust themselves and or maybe discovering that they themselves are light workers and are here to, you know, share a part of their story with the world. And so this is a workbook. This is this is definitely for somebody who is very logical and likes to combine the spirit, you know, the spirituality and the science together. And so it's a little discovery workbook. It takes you through a ton of exercises, helps with codependency issues, helps explain how chakras work and how energy navigates the body, that kind of stuff. And that is available on Amazon, target.com, walmart.com, barnesandnoble.com as well. And then my second book is one of my, it's like one of my proudest, you know, I love both my books, but my second book is a affirmation Oracle book. And it's all of the affirmations that I wrote for myself when I was going through my initial awakening, I was just kind of guided to start journaling and I would just have these little things pop up. You know, I am strong. I am capable. I am worthy. I am intuitive, you know, just things like that. And the way that it's designed is whatever you need to hear at that moment, you just open up the book and there's your affirmation for the day or for the week. And it's a lot of fun. And that one, Barnes and Noble is carrying in the store on their website as well as Amazon, Walmart, Target. Yeah. And that one. So the first one's the Happy Empaths Workbook. The second one is the Happy Empaths Little Book of Affirmations. And my publisher made it really tiny because they wanted women specifically to be able to carry it around in their purse. Right. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. What was the inspiration for you behind writing these two books? You know, I didn't even ever know I was going to be an author. (laughs) That's how the universe works. I started journaling when I was going through my awakening because I had no one else to turn to, to help me navigate this experience except for my team. And so I told my sister one day, I said, I'm either going batshit crazy or I'm going through something really transformational here. So I'm going to journal everything that I'm experiencing. And so I ended up with about eight journals. Six of them were my first book, second kind of going into my second book. And so that was how it was. And then I started speaking my truth and I got out online and I can, you know, created a little community there. And before I knew it, I had a publisher reaching out to me and she said, uh, you know, you're, we've been watching you and 
we have these particular projects in mind. Would you be willing to be the author for it? Amazing. You know, it's funny whenever, when you think nobody's watching and you you find out there's so many people following Mm -hmm. your journey and and watching you. I know it's intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) It is, you know, it's funny because I've had even more experiences like that recently. And you know, one of the coolest things that the universe does for me, I'm a musician, I sing, and I get a lot of my inspiration from music and synchronicities come through through music. And I've had a recent song keep popping up. And the more this song comes up for me, the more opportunities keep showing up for me. So for anybody who's listening, you know, please pay attention to those synchronicities because you can't make this shit up. You can't. (laughs) You can't. I love it. Do you, do you have any plans to write any other books in the future? I have a lot of ideas for sure. And I know that I'm not done. I can sense that. And so hopefully we'll see. Awesome. Stephanie, are there any specific tools or books that have really helped you on your journey? Tools. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Meditation. Meditation. Meditation has played a huge role in my journey. Being a sensitive and very, very sensitive to energy and A lot of the people who I work with are, they have unexplainable anxiety or they don't necessarily know how to ground their energy properly, which is something that I feel like they should teach us in high school. (laughs) And so meditation has played a huge role in that. Huge. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Turning point in my life? I've had several turning points in my life. When I was 17, I was put into foster care. It was a turning point. And that's played a huge role in my I attract a lot of fellow souls who have had some of the issues that I've had and I've helped them reparent themselves. When I was 17, my mother also came back into my life. When I was 21, I bought my first home and it showed me how you can literally do anything. (laughs) And my most recent, I would say, you know, was my awakening. Uh And I, it was a big slap in the face that I know nothing that I know nothing, that this place is nothing like what I was conditioned to believe that it is and that it holds so much more. And then I've recently moved to California because I was guided to do that, which makes absolutely no sense to my logical mind, but the universe keeps showing me that there's a reason I'm here. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Again, when I see people reprogramming their minds Mm -hmm. and, you know, using my words or my affirmations or you know, I do, I, I'm, I'm a total goober and, you know, I'll post silly stuff online or I'll, I'll whatever. And people will say, I get these messages sometimes that just bring me to tears. Stephanie, because of you, I have the strength to keep going. You posted something online the other day and it was like, you were, it's like you have known my journey. And what's so funny is it's just something that I felt like I wanted to write, Yeah. you know? And so that, that definitely keeps me going, knowing that I'm a I'm showing up for people in ways that maybe I don't even understand. It's an incredible feeling to know that you've had an impact on another human being's life. Yeah. Especially when I doubted it so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Mm. So I had a fellow intuitive soul who played a very large role in my life from about 19 to about 33. He is an an incredible intuitive. And I used to go to him a lot. And I did that because obviously like attracts like. Yeah. And I went to him for just some, some words of advice when I had my initial awakening. 
he looked at me and he smiled and he said, welcome to my world. Uh, so <laughs> he said, it's wonderful to see that you've finally realized your purpose. Hmm. And he looked at me and he goes, use your discernment. And at the time I didn't necessarily know what he meant. Right. And I've had opportunity after opportunity now since that time period, about four years ago to use my discernment. And I realized that what feels right for you is what's meant for you. Mm-hmm. And what doesn't sit well with you is not meant for you, despite what the mind tries to tell you again and again. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Most important to be true to yourself to honor what your heart is saying, despite how, again, logical things may seem or don't seem. Before I did that and I kept choosing what, you know, I was felt like I was supposed to be doing, my life wasn't as abundant. I didn't have new experiences coming in. I had constant stress and chaos and worry and doubt and insecurities and just this fear-based bullshit. And the more I allowed myself to just kind of venture into the unknown and trust where the universe was guiding me to go, even if I didn't know that the next step, that there was a, you know, a staircase actually there, the universe keeps surprising me with all these really cool opportunities, you know? Incredible. Mm -hmm. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Freedom. Okay. To what extent do you think that we shape our own destiny and how much is left up to fate? So I believe that earth is a school where we come to manipulate energy. Okay. And I believe that before we come here, we set out a curriculum for ourselves because again, we need to learn things that we maybe have not been able to learn before. Mm-hmm. And so I believe we have these points that come on our journey where we are given the opportunity to level up or not. And so I believe that we are very, very responsible for our physical world. And it all comes from within ourselves as within, so without. So if there's chaos showing up in your world, or if there's, you know, fear-based experiences, things you don't want, you have to check yourself and you have to really tune in and, and say, you know, what do I believe I'm worthy of? And when you start allowing yourself, yourself to realize that you deserve more, that's when you level up again. And that's, you know, kind of how it shapes. But I do believe that there are certain experiences that are meant for us, but the universe goes, you know, as you said, it starts out as a feeling, it starts out as a whisper. And so we ultimately delay those experiences. They still come for us. Mm -hmm. We delay them based on if we choose to adhere to a higher timeline or not. Interesting. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is your personal motto? My personal motto is choose love over fear. In every situation, every day, you know, even when you're freaking out about whatever the smallest thing may be in that moment, are you choosing love or are you choosing fear? Always choose love. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Oh, man. Who in my life? I have several soulmates have played a huge role in my life. Several, you know, anybody who you feel strongly towards, whether it's negatively or positively. Uh They're a soul connection here to teach you something for your highest good. My first love, he played a huge role in my life. My stepmother played a huge role in my life. My husband, my ex-husband played a huge role in my life. My stepdaughter played a huge role in my life. My mother, my father, I mean, my boyfriend has played a huge role in my life. Anybody who, like I said, uh, ignites some sort of soul lesson, they've all played such a huge role in my journey. 
You know, I can, I can always remember as a teenager and even into my early 20s, often thinking about certain people that come into your life and then they're there for a while and then vanish. And then there's others who are in your life mm-hmm. and they're there for a long time. Mm-hmm. I always pondered that and realized that, you know what, they are there. Each individual is there to either teach you or learn from you. And it, it, it's according to whatever they, their purpose is in terms of teaching or learning from you once they learn and teach. Yeah. They're, and they're it, off. It's, it's really important as well. I always like to, to take this, you know, when I'm talking about soul connections, I like to take a moment to remind people that it's all love. Even if you, if that person taught you how to love yourself and made you fall to your knees, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the connection from a higher perspective, that person came in and said, Oh, you haven't learned how to love yourself yet. I'll teach you that. Yeah. And that's incredible. Yeah. I always wondered about that. Always thought about it. It's something that was always in the back of my mind until I realized that, you know what, they're here to teach or learn. And then they move on when you've learned everything from them or they've right. taught you everything. They're there to teach you. Right. Right. Because I, I do have a handful of friends that have been in my life and are still in my life for 30 plus years. Yeah. They've probably, they're probably members of your soul family, which we incarnate with different soul families, which means, you know, we come into different experiences and, and you know, your best friend, uh, you know, this is a whole nother topic, but your best friend may have been somebody who was a, a parental figure or something for you in a previous lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you recognize each other by the eyes and by the vibration. Right. I just always found that so interesting. It always, always played in the back of my mind and I always thought about it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? <laughs> oh man. Spitfire. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Night Owl. I knew it. I just knew it. (laughs) Most creatives are. Yes, 100%. Money or fame? Money. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their energy. How they make me feel. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Choose love over fear. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Love. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would encourage everyone to stop living in robot mode and to slow down and feel. You know, that's another thing I used to think about all the time is when I was working in corporate and I would always, I would take the subway downtown and it it just, I had this vision of these robots and that was us walking down the path, getting off the train, heading down the hallway going to our corporate like drones, like little lemmings in boxes and just, or rats on a wheel and just, that's it. That's, that's like, there's more to life than that. Right. And I used to think about that all the time, every day as I was walking down that hallway, it's like, this is not what's meant for me. I am not meant for this. Right. And whatever ignites you, that's what's meant for you. And, and I work with a lot of beautiful souls who go, you know, I want to do this for a living or I want to do that for a living. And then they stop themselves because they go, you know, well, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year doing what I'm doing, or I make this doing what I'm doing. And I always challenge them. I always ask them, what if you could make more? Yeah. 
because it ignites you and yes. they go, I just don't see how it's possible. And I go, that's not up to you. That's up. Leave those details up to the universe. But that's part of the problem right there is being stuck in that mindset because I think, I and I believe that when you're doing something, you absolutely love the money will come at some point. I 110% agree. And I was one of those people. I remember being, I was too. Yep. I remember just being like, how is this possible? This is absolutely ridiculous. And I'll share a little story. Sure. Um, I, used, I used to own a, a little media firm and I did, you know, SEO and marketing and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff for all these other people. And one day when it was finally just so loud that I needed to let that go, I went down and removed myself off of a business. And I remember crying in my car and just being like, how am I, you know, what the hell am I doing? You know, this is so stupid. I came home and within, I took a nap and within, gosh, I would say like 12 hours, I had 18 orders in my inbox for personal readings. Holy shit. 18. <laughs> and it was like the universe's way of being like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. You know, we and got you. Yeah. Another lesson, right? Sometimes what seems like at the moment, the absolute worst thing that could be happening to you is the absolute best thing that could happen to you. I was being cracked wide open. I was yeah. being, again, I was being shown that I didn't know shit. Yeah. Hit with that two by four again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Stephanie, what was your dream job as a child? I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to use my voice to help inspire others. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could absolutely not go without? Chocolate. <laughs> it's true. Ask my boyfriend. I'll, really, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Aww. What is the most recent investment you've made in yourself? I have had an opportunity to work with a, a team. I'll leave it at that. Who believes in me probably more than I believe in myself. And they came to me last year and I kind of shunned them and turned them away. I thought that was absolutely ludicrous. And then they came to me again, like late December. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sat with it for a minute. And, you know, after COVID, you know, all of us went through some serious consciousness transformation, right? Yeah. And I realized, you know, there's a reason that this is coming to me, that this is being presented to me. I, you know, nothing happens by coincidence. And so I took the opportunity. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? I don't believe in failures. I absolutely don't. I believe that everything happens exactly as it should. But my biggest, if you want to label it that way, was not honoring my difference for as long as I did not honoring who I was, you know, when Teresa Caputo came out, when Long Island Medium came out, oh man, Brad, I would sit there and I would watch that show and I would be glued to her. And I would tell my ex-husband all the time, she thinks like me, she talks like me, she acts like me, she gets (laughs) messages like I do. And I would say to him, I would say, I know that I am psychic. I know that I am intuitive. I know all of these things. And he would say, yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you. You know, I had dreams coming true. I had messages coming through. I would share that with the family and those closest to me for years. This, you know, I would be able to pinpoint where missing items were through my dreams constantly. And then I would just dismiss them as illogical. I would just say, ah, yeah, maybe I'm a little gifted in the dream world, but whatever. And then I had an opportunity at a beautiful friend bring me to one of her live events and the way she intuits is exactly how I intuit. And I realized at that moment that I was attracted to her and other intuitives. And I always felt so different 
and nobody else around me understood me because I was meant to be different. Hmm. Interesting. And so I wish I would have honored my different a little bit earlier. Yeah. If you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Jesus Christ. And has nothing to do with religion. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the fact that he understood the power of the heart. Okay. Tell me something about yourself that people would be surprised to know or find out. I still doubt myself. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a, hum- it's a human condition. Exactly. I was just going to say we are all human. Yep. It's a human condition. And uh, if I could say anything, I've trained myself to shut that up. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I am the most skeptical intuitive around. I know it. <laughs> I have my team constantly proving things to me. And then again, I get those two by fours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What do you think is the most common reason for people failing or giving up? Lack of faith in themselves it has to do with the inner voice, the way they were conditioned, you know, not trusting in their own divinity. Mm-hmm. plays a huge part for sure. Mm-hmm. Huge. I mean, what makes me special? Imposter syndrome. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Oh, man. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. That might take me a little bit longer than an interview to think about. I have no idea. I truly don't. You can come back to me on that one at a later date. (laughs) Okay. If you could speak one language instantly, which language would it be and why? Mm, French, because I find it to be sexy. Okay. Yeah. What is one thing you've always wanted to do in life but never have? Mm, Go over to Europe, down through Australia, even. Mm -hmm. Both of those put incredible. Europe and Australia are amazing countries. Very, very drawn to England, Europe. So much history there. I'm a history buff. In fact, I'm... And this is another thing that's so funny about my intuitive abilities. When I got to travel a lot in my 20s, I would go over to New York, which is one of my favorite places. Yeah. And I, I always have to touch the buildings. Yeah. Always. And, you know, because I'm like, wow, this was here 300 years ago. Yeah. You know, this was here a thousand years ago when I go to other places. And oh. I'm such a history buff. New York City is an incredible place. It's like no other place on earth. It's it's phenomenal. I know. And as a photographer, I love going oh, yeah. there. I absolutely love it. Oh, I know. But, but Europe is just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. So is Australia. Australia is beautiful too. Oh, I'm very drawn to Australia. Stephanie, what's your most treasured possession and why? My heart. Um, and probably because I've given it away so effortlessly in the past. Interesting answer. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You're psychic as fuck. Don't doubt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Plain and simple. I love it. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, no pressure, Brad. Jeez. Nope. This place is nothing but a school. And the challenge, the test, the ultimate test is, will you choose love over fear? Beautiful. Well said. Very simple to the point. Stephanie, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today with me and share your story and your journey. And this has been an incredible conversation. It's been incredibly educational and inspirational. (laughs) And 
I just, I'm so appreciative and, and grateful for you and grateful that our paths crossed and that we were able to, to make this happen. And I appreciate you. It's, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and just amazing. What an experience. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, the host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Stephanie Jameson. She is an intuitive coach, a spiritual badass, a psychic medium, and author based in Orange County. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.